you see the good stuff in exotic locations Mm -hmm. and with a lot of friends. Those are the pictures that get posted on social media. You don't see them cleaning the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Loneliness can stem from not feeling like what we have to offer is valuable enough. We can get a lot of the things that we need and want and desire without a whole lot of effort. But relationships take effort. Go deeper, find your center, live life to the fullest. This is the Deeper Connections podcast from The Daily Motivator. Welcome to the Deeper Connections podcast from The Daily Motivator, sponsored by Connections University, where you'll find the Experience Excellence audio program, a resource for encouragement, inspiration, and mastery of life's everyday challenges. Visit DeeperConnectionsPodcast.com and download Experience Excellence today. Hey, this is Ralph from The Daily Motivator. And Kim, you were telling me a little while ago that you had found some very interesting information on loneliness. Yeah, I am really surprised. I shouldn't say surprised. Uh, I'm just kind of concerned and awed by the research that is coming out on loneliness because, you know, we really tend to just think of loneliness in connection to ourselves. And it's good to know that we are not alone in this because it has become so prevalent in our culture that Great Britain has actually appointed a minister for loneliness. It was created by Prime Minister Theresa May back in 2018, and I'd heard about it, but I looked it up to sort of learn about what they're doing. And the British lawmaker appointed to this ministry is Tracy Crouch. And I was looking at a Time Magazine article written by Tara John talking about what they've found. And one thing, according to a report from the Joe Cox Commission on Loneliness, more than 9 million people in Britain, that's about 14% of their population, often or always feel lonely. And this is a really big deal here. It costs UK employers up to $3.5 billion annually. Now, we don't necessarily think about loneliness in terms of what it's costing us uh, on a financial level. Countries around the world are increasingly examining loneliness because of that and so many other reasons. And that's typically defined as the feeling of lacking or losing companionship as a public concern. In Japan, lonely deaths among the elderly have a name, Kodokushi. So it's actually been named something. That's how prevalent it is. A 2010 survey suggested more than a third of American citizens over the age of 45 feel lonely. And former U.S. Surgeon General Murthy called loneliness a growing health epidemic in a Harvard Business Review essay, citing a study that said social isolation is associated with a reduction in lifespan similar to that caused by smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we we certainly know that cigarettes are awful for our health. And that's a sobering statistic to hear right. that, that loneliness can have that bad of an effect on your health. I mean, had you ever thought about it that way? 
Well, yeah, I think it it does make sense. It obviously does take its toll. There are many different kinds of loneliness as well. You can be lonely and not recognize it. You can be in a crowd of people and still be lonely because you're not interacting at the depth that you desire for fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And you feel that maybe nobody understands you, even though they may be talking to you and you may be interacting on some level with them. You can still feel lonely. You can feel lonely going online. And even though you can communicate instantly with people and have them answer you, you still don't feel like you're getting the rich type of interaction that you seek that will really be like a salve to you, that will make you feel like there's somebody else who understands you. And, and I think that is a big part of loneliness, at least from my perspective, is the feeling that there's nobody who, who understands you, nobody mm-hmm. who is like you, nobody that shares the same values as you do. So do you think that people are maybe just when they're browsing online and connecting on Facebook and that kind of thing, that they're more doing a lot of shotgun effect, if you will, kind of things and not just taking that connection deep enough? Do you think that that's maybe why that's happening? Why people feel lonely when they're actually in the midst of connecting online? Well, yeah, things like Facebook are made to be superficial. Somebody posts something and what are your choices? Well, well, you can comment on it. But another choice you have is the like button. Mm -hmm. Okay. And maybe you like some of what they said. Maybe you like all of what they said. Or maybe you just want other people, you just want to call other people's attention to it. So which is it? The only choice you have, well, they have added now love and sad and a few other little little things. But still, those are one word responses Mm -hmm. to what somebody posts. And so it is by design. It is made to be superficial, not really to give you any kind of depth of connection. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to that, people curate their lives on Facebook. They don't show you every little aspect of their lives. So you see the good stuff. You see when they're all made up and clean and have their hair done and are in exotic locations Mm -hmm. and with a lot of friends and having fun times. Those are the pictures that get posted on social media and you don't see them cleaning the toilet or <laughs> thank goodness <laughs> or taking their car in to get it serviced or things like that. Mm-hmm. It gives you the impression that everybody else's life is just perfect, just full of roses and your own life is full of all this drudgery mm-hmm. and difficult work. Yeah. So I think that can make you feel very lonely feeling like you're missing out on on all that good stuff and you're having to put up with going to work every day and taking care of paying the bills and all that. Mm -hmm. Even though social media can be really good for certain things, it would probably pay off really well then to be self-disciplined and limit yourself instead of having so many connections to possibly choose some connections that you want to go deeper with and take those conversations offline to the phone, for instance. Right. Yeah. Use social media as a jumping off point, as Mm -hmm. a way to make an initial connection and to keep up with people Mm -hmm. and then expand on that. Yes. With in-person, with a telephone call, 
where mm-hmm. you both talk back and forth to each other. Right. That's extremely valuable. Why do you think it is that so many people are not making the phone call now, are not picking up the phone? Well, it's a big commitment. You have to give if you expect to get. Mm-hmm. If you want to receive a meaningful interaction, you have to be prepared to make the investment in time and effort to give that. It's not easy. We're conditioned to have quick, easy answers. We push a button and we can get things delivered to our doorstep. And that's nice. We don't have to go out and kill an animal <laughs> and butcher it and, <laughs> and prepare it in order to eat. We can just go drive through Whataburger. Right. We've got it pretty good. And we've gotten kind of spoiled to where we can get a lot of the things that we need and want and desire without a whole lot of effort. Right. But relationships take effort to, to the good ones mm-hmm. to develop a good relationship, to avoid that loneliness. It takes effort. It's not that the whole world is against you. That's kind of a given. By definition, life is tough. Mm-hmm. And we figured out how to make it easy for a lot of things to, to feed ourselves and to keep ourselves sheltered and to get water and clothing. But there are still challenges and forming good, solid, meaningful relationships with other people is a challenge. And that takes work. And we have to be willing to give that work to, to put out some effort. And it's easier just to send a text message if you need something because text messages are asynchronous or Mm -hmm. instant messages. You can send it at your convenience. Well, email is the same way you send it and the person answers at their convenience. That's nice. Mm-hmm. that you don't have to both be in the same time space in order to communicate. But there are some things that just can't happen that way. Right. There are some things you have to have a back and forth. Even in my business dealing with subscribers, there are a lot of issues that I can take care of answering an email. But there are a lot of times when I just pick up the phone and call because it's it involves so many back and forth questions It's going to take three or four days worth of emails in order to get that resolved. Whereas with a telephone call, I can do it in five minutes. And it's not only more efficient, it's probably also much more satisfying. It is. And people love that when I call them. They said, oh, this is great that you picked up the phone and called. I Mm -hmm. can't believe it. It helps the relationship. It it does. Well, it actually shows that there is a relationship there. It's not just one-sided. Yeah, that there's a real person behind that screen. Mm -hmm. We've said this in the last episode or the one before, there will be people listening to this conversation, maybe even a couple of years down the road. But right now, we're in the midst of this sheltering in place situation due to the coronavirus outbreak. And I think it's really bringing this more to the front burner for more people than it usually would. We're having to find new ways and different ways to connect. And I know that that's probably very challenging within some people's homes where they're not used to being together. And you mentioned a minute ago, too, that you can be lonely with people. And I got to say, being lonely with other people can often be worse than being lonely by yourself. (laughs) That's right. Because if you're lonely, if you're by yourself, if you're all alone, and you're feeling lonely, well, that's kind of natural. Mm -hmm. It's perfectly understandable that you would feel lonely. But if you're with someone else, 
and you feel lonely, then there's no escape. Mm -hmm. If you're alone and you feel lonely, there's always the hope of, well, I can go out and find somebody, I can go connect to somebody, and then that's going to ease my feeling of loneliness. Mm -hmm. But if you're already around a lot of other people and you're still feeling lonely, well, that's pretty hopeless. And, you know, it's also really interesting to me when in my coaching practice, I've heard people talk about this. And I know at one time I experienced it myself, too. When you're with another person and you're feeling lonely, I think it's really a good question to ask yourself, might they be feeling lonely as well? So could this be something that is not happening to me, but maybe I am part of creating what's happening here. So that means the good news is that there is a solution and that there may be new and creative ways to help one another come out of that new ways to tweak that relationship, to shift the perspectives just a little bit, to find new ways to relate. Because if you're both lonely, let's say it's a husband and wife, you're both lonely, then maybe you're just operating on such a different wavelength that you haven't tapped into the needs of that other person. And a little bit of perspective shift could change the way you relate to each other and break that loneliness for both people. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. What I'm hearing you say is to kind of admit your vulnerability, Mm -hmm. to admit that you're feeling that way. And that would open the door for the other person or people to also consider that this is just a phenomenon of the situation we're in and we can both solve this. We're here together and we can work on connecting a little better with each other in a more meaningful way. And, you know, I think probably especially for men, this is a really difficult area. Men tend to go inside themselves more when they're dealing with not being able to relate. And I know, again, with coaching clients who have told me that they don't necessarily know how to step up and relate to their wives when they're feeling this way because of exactly what you said, then they have to become vulnerable and to actually say, hey, here's how I'm feeling about this. And I know from my own experiences that men saying, here's how I feel might really go against the grain. So again, a perspective shift, maybe you say it in a different way. Maybe you don't have to say, here's how I feel. Maybe you just learn to express yourself in a new way that shares your feeling without having to say, now I'm going to share my feelings with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, you're not going to get many men to do that. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what women always want to try to get men to do. But here's the deal. Stop trying to make that happen. (laughs) You Go at it from a different angle. Look at it from a different perspective, you know. Yeah, I think women need to be creative to to draw that out of men. And probably Mm -hmm. you have some probably good techniques on doing that. Some days. (laughs) And I think, you know, here's a technique. When you recognize that he is just not going to go there, instead of continuing and continuing to try 
to make it happen, back off <laughs> and let him come back around on his own. Because that's one of the things that I found a lot of times is that men do want to express themselves, but they don't want to be pressed to express themselves and start noticing signs for how he may be getting more and more pent up as you press forward. So I know with one of my male clients, he asked me, how do I let her know that that's what's happening? And so we just did some exercises to help him express some things that he was feeling in little small bursts, like a sentence here or a sentence there that kind of allowed him to say out loud, if he's feeling a feeling that he may say, well, this is not good. I'm not liking the way this is turning out. So he is expressing his feeling, but not in a way of saying, here are my feelings today. And it allows her to say, well, what do you, what do you mean? What's not working well for you? So just different ways of kind of just putting it out there, just setting it on the table. You may have to dance around it a little bit. I, I'm a big fan of directness myself, but that's not always what works best if you're trying to let's say you've got two people in a household and they have not been communicating for a while. Usually the straight out of the shoot direct approach is not going to work so well. So look at it as a dance. We're going to start this dance and maybe, maybe you have to go back up a little further even instead of just starting the dance, you got to say, okay, I want to ask this other person to dance with me. What do I have to do first? Well, I've got to cross the room and then I have to indicate that I'm available with facial expressions or with small touches, whatever it is, and then allow that other person to indicate whether they want to join you in that dance right now. You know, the thing is, if we're lonely with other people, I'll still say the first place that we have to go is to dealing with our own loneliness. And there's a lot of things that you can do to move yourself into a different place. One of the things that I do and that I suggest for anyone is practice self-care. So self-talk is a great place to get some feedback for yourself. And I'm talking about actually talking out loud to yourself as your closest friend, because there's something about hearing your voice out loud that then provides this nice feedback loop where you will get answers and you will hear that companionship that comes from your own soul, really, and gives you some interesting feedback, let's say. And then you can take it into your relationship with the other person. But let's just start here by dealing with yourself and your own loneliness. Talking out loud to yourself. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that. That is something that I do. Mm -hmm. When I write, I will, I've got a, a stand-up workstation where I can type on my keyboard and look at my screen while I'm standing up. And that's, that's where I generally do a lot of writing. And what I'll do is pace around and talk to myself while mm -hmm. I'm doing that, about what I'm writing. And it is a very powerful technique. It's kind of like a second perspective. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird. I know. That's what I've found, too. It's not just you. It's not just the thoughts bouncing around in your head, but you're actually expressing them. And somehow that makes it different. And somehow it gives it a little bit of validation. And yes, somehow it does feel a lot less 
lonely. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. So I think that's a technique that anyone could start with, really. And I'll also say, along with that, because we've talked about faith on this podcast, talk out loud to God, to that higher self, that higher power, to the universe, whatever it is that you call that more universal energy that's larger than yourself, speak out loud to that and listen for the feedback that comes to you there. That's one of the ways that I actually know that I'm never alone. Ralph, you mentioned earlier gratitude. I start by thanking my creator, thanking my God for being with me all the time. And another technique that I use is writing things down, writing things to other people. Of course, I do that for a living, I guess, but I also do it for my own personal benefit. I write things to other people and I write things to my future self. Oh, yes, that's very powerful. I love to go back and read a lot of the things that I've written that I've totally forgotten about. And it is a way to not be as lonely, both when you're reading it and when you're writing it. You're communicating with another person. You're communicating with the person you were two years ago. Mm-hmm. or you're communicating with the person you will be in six months. That can ease the loneliness. Now, it's not the same as interacting with another person who's going to give you feedback in the moment from a different perspective. But it does have some of those elements. It really does. Yeah, you can go back and look at yourself and the things you were thinking about 10 years ago and the things you were concerned about. It's kind of nice to do that, actually, because... Mm-hmm. Those things that had you so worried 10 years ago, they didn't amount to anything. Your life has proceeded in ways that you never could have imagined, and you've figured out how to handle every challenge along the way. And so that can be a good exercise, is to communicate with yourself across time, to share your values with yourself across time, Mm -hmm. and to glean values from the person you were the person you're going to become. And I think that developing a sense of awe and curiosity, and partly what you're talking about is doing that very thing, awe and curiosity about yourself. And I'm not talking about um, being self-absorbed. Exactly. Right. I'm talking about a sense of awe and curiosity about what you're capable of doing and about how valuable you are in this world, your perspectives and the things that you have to share with other people, the ways that you can lift other people up just by bringing the best of yourself forward. I think a lot of times loneliness can stem from not feeling like what we have to offer is valuable enough. If we feel like we're valuable and we want to share that, then we naturally connect. I think that's right. We can feel a lot more confidence when we can look at ourselves and see the unique value that we have, the things that we can offer. And that will help us to have the confidence to connect with other people. I think what we're kind of dancing around here is what is the problem of loneliness? I think in large part, it's it's kind of a self-image problem. That seems to be where we're, where we're focusing in on. Well, I mean, as we're talking, these things are kind of coming up because you're right. If you focus on 
like I was talking about earlier about yourself in connection with others, that's one thing. But if you keep dialing this down and say, well, okay, the common denominator is me here. So I can only work on me. What is causing my loneliness? And you're right, as you sort of peel back the layers, I think that's what we're getting to. Yeah, that's not totally everything. Like from my own experience, the most lonely that I feel is when things are good, because I want somebody to share them with. A long time ago, I was in a beautiful place in a wonderful, luxurious hotel room, and I I was all, all by myself. And I hated it because I had no one to share it with. And I really felt lonely. I don't feel as much loneliness if I'm all alone in the midst of a difficult situation, because there's that challenge there and there's something for me to do. But when things are good and the world is beautiful and everything is wonderful, that's when I really feel lonely. That's interesting. And I know what you're talking about. Obviously, it's not all a self-image thing. We do have this inner desire to share things with other people, to share the goodness that is life with other people. Mm-hmm. And so it can be terribly lonely when you're experiencing that or when you have the potential to experience that and there's no one to share it with. You can think if you were like the the wealthiest person in the world and you had all these fabulous toys and beautiful private islands and all that stuff, but you had no one oh, to share it with. I mean, that just seems awful. <laughs> yes, it would be awful. It really yeah. would. So it's definitely a thing that goes beyond self-image, but I think it it has a lot to do with our confidence and the way that we see ourselves in comparison to other people. Mm -hmm. And there there are a lot of good things that we can do to help that, to build that confidence, to look back and, and see the good things we've done, see the progress that we've made, and see how well we've handled life. And that can give us the confidence to reach out to other people and to satisfy that desire to share life with mm-hmm. other people. Well, I think we're, I mean, we're made to be together. We're made to be in community. And especially right now with this sheltering in place that we're experiencing, I notice how difficult it is for people if they do come together. I've noticed neighbors, uh, when you come out and you're standing six feet apart, right, or in the grocery store or wherever it is, I've noticed this several times with people that the longer you're together, the closer people start just, it's like a magnet. You just start kind of migrating closer and closer to where you really have to consciously think, oh, wait, wait, that is getting too close. And so it's been interesting to me that that is very natural and even between strangers. So we are made to be together and there's something about it that, like you're saying, if you boil it down and you say, okay, if this starts with me, then developing that self-confidence to step forward. And there are lots of things that you can do. And I think that maybe a lot of really introverted people would have some different things to say about this. But, you know, Ralph and I both have our introverted sides. I'm kind of, you know, a half and half kind of person. I have to have my real alone time. I really need that to rejuvenate. But I am a naturally connected and connecting person. And so I know sometimes if I do feel lonely, one of the things 
things. And and let's say it's a time like what you're talking about, Ralph, where maybe you can't connect to other people for whatever reason. You're somewhere that you can't do that and you want to share something. That for me is a time where I will engage in either connecting with nature because there is something else there. There's always something else there. So whether this is connecting to God, connecting to nature, or I'll connect with my own self through music and movement, because I find that when I get up and move, that as I move my body, that creates an energetic change, and it will lift my spirits, because this is doing the work in your brain, right, to release endorphins when you move, and it can change the way you feel, so that you can actually enjoy a moment on your own, or enjoy this day on your own, knowing that, (laughs) for instance, right now, I've got this lizard that I love, and I think I've mentioned him before. podcast. It's this chameleon. (laughs) It may not even, I kind of can tell the same ones though. There's a big one that hangs out outside the door and I just talk to him and and ask him what he's doing (laughs) today. And so we've become friends. (laughs) (laughs) There's always a way to connect. Yeah. Well, I hope that we have eased a little bit of loneliness or given you some ideas for dealing with some of the loneliness in your life and the loneliness of people in the world. Yes. And knowing that we're here, I would encourage you to, if you are feeling lonely or if you have an idea, reach out to us on the website at deeperconnectionspodcast.com and let us know what you're thinking and how you're feeling. And just that act puts you in a reciprocal action. We are speaking with you right now. We're here with you right now. And if you want to reach back, then you'll know that there is a connection. That's a real thing. Right. And one other thing, if we could ask a favor of you to help others make a connection with us, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, that will help iTunes to make our podcast a little bit more prominent and a few more people will discover it and be able to connect on a deeper level just like you have. Yes, please do that. I'm going to say thank you in advance. (laughs) Thanks, Ralph. Thank you. When you need a break, a word of encouragement, a spark of creative juice and inspiration for mastering the challenges of life, work, and relationships, you'll find it in the Experience Excellence audio series from Connections University. You can download it right now through the link at deeperconnectionspodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to the show at deeperconnectionspodcast.com so you'll automatically get the latest episode as soon as it's available. You'll find options for iTunes and other platforms. You'll also find links to the music in this podcast, written and performed by Local Honey. I'm Ralph Marston. And I'm Kimberly Kane. Thanks for taking the journey with us. Be courageous in all of your connections. Go deeper. Your life will be richer for it. This is Deeper Connections. Learn more. Be more. At DeeperConnectionsPodcast.com.